Exhaustive deconstruction of the classic 90s sitcom Full House. I am one of your co-hosts, Brandon Shockney, and to my immediate left is my other lovable co-host who will go ahead and say his name now. Hello, my name is John Pernasek, and together Brandon and I are just a couple of Red Dudes, Red Dudes, we're just a couple of Red Dudes. And we have one other special guest here with us today, an honorary returning rude dude. He's a rude dude for another day. Um, it's our friend who will introduce himself now. My name is Brad Pike. <laughs> We've been watching Full House for, I would guess, 18 hours. That's right. We did have a, <laughs> we had a little bit of a break, but um, why this why this episode is special? We'll tell you why. We watched all of season seven in one go. Well, an entire over the course of two days. Right. Well, but, we've literally I've literally done nothing these past two days but watched this show. It feels like I've been locked in Guantanamo Bay, mm-hmm. and this is like a, just a creative torture. Yes. That you've invented for me. Did it work? Personally. Yeah. Did personally. it work? Has it been effective? Torture? Um, honestly, I've forgotten, like, what comedy is. Like, I can't mm-hmm. remember what being funny is. Like, I, I, I understand goofy. Yes. Like, I understand what it is to be goofy, but I can't remember what a joke is or, like, what funny, what, mm-hmm. what is funny. Right. So, like, when we we started yesterday at 1 o'clock, we went until about 9.30, but you did see, you saw a comedy show. So when you were sitting in the audience watching numb. the comedy show. I was pretty show, numb. I went to see World News, and I, I felt very numb. And you heard people laughing around I you. I heard people laughing around me, and I and I thought, I was envious, because I, I wanted that back. I wanted that, mm-hmm. but that mechanism was broken inside It's, it's just going to take some time. <clears throat> but yeah, you came back today at 8 o'clock to help us finish. 8 o'clock. We finished eight around. 8 o'clock. 11 o'clock just now. 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have watched 24 episodes uh, in the past two days. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of content. I so, dreamed about Full House. Yeah. Did you really? I dreamed about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that? I mean, the show is just a blur of, like, kids, like, making messes, eating crayons... The kids go. Maybe they go down a slide. People like having melodramatic interactions. Yes, like mm-hmm. everything is just pointless. Mm-hmm. There's no point to anything. I mean, it's an obvious statement to make, but I, I, I said this coming in to the second day. It's a slurry. Yeah. It all just becomes yeah. colors and lights. And just people yelling at each other, mm-hmm. people demanding things of each other. Like you see, oh. you see everything that is just like sort of stunted and wrong mm-hmm. with how we see humanity. Now that I've seen like every episode, these grown men are obsessed with their children, mm-hmm. with these fucking children. They are just all in their lives mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. intimate profound ways. That's the, the, the deal you make when the, you have a family. The Tanners are 
The ultimate family. We talked about how the purest they family. are maybe autistic. Yeah. They, they can't they can't act like people. Well, you know, well, you know how like some some autistic people are like have uh, uh, like <laughs> making some statements about Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. I I have a brother with autism. I do too. So I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I'm entitled to say anything I want. About Wait, do you really? All special needs people. What? Do you really? Yeah. Okay, I do too. Yes, okay. Um some autistic people cuz it's a spectrum, and there's all different kinds. High everyone's different. There's high functioning. There's low functioning. There's but everyone's different. Some of them have obsessions like Dance Dance Revolution or putting things in a specific order. Or they memor- like my brother memorizes <clears throat> like the scripts of things, like so he yes. can like say them over right. and over again. This family, their obsession is family. Each other. Each other. Right. Making sure that each other is the same always. Preserved always. Is, a, is a word we've used. Yeah. Oh uh, so so what, what we'll do here, the format for this show, uh, listeners, is we're, we're going to go through the list of the episodes. I will say the name of the episode. I will say, or also known as the one where blank, so you all have a summary of what happens. And then we'll all three go around and say a couple words of our initial feelings of this show. After we're done going through that for every episode, we'll touch on the things we actually want to talk about from the entire season. And at the very end, we'll sum up what we think this season was about. Mm-hmm. Overarching the theme. themes. Yes. Lest you think mm-hmm. that we might be, uh, if you're thinking on the other end, there's no way they actually did this. Mm-hmm. They just, they're, they're lying. They're trying to just like skip over a big chunk of material. Fuck you. We totally did. We watched And it. we will prove it with these very, I, I have very well, specific I, I'll moments. I'll prove it just with my you hear tone his voice? and demeanor. Yeah. I think you honestly, when we asked you to do this, I think you in your mind went, yes, absolutely. I Fun. thought it would be a funny bit, and I. But bits don't last. It's this really long. one of the worst <laughs> things that I've ever subjected to myself <laughs> or myself to myself. Yeah. I'm. It's one of the worst things that's ever happened to my psyche. So se- season one or season seven, <laughs> episode one, dark and stormy night. It, it was a dark and stormy. It night. It was a dark and stormy <laughs> night, also known as the one where they take a rabbit back to camp. What are our initial few words on this episode? We'll go ahead and start with you, Brad. I wrote cynical and dispiriting. This is episode one. Oh, <laughs> I, I, uh, wrote, uh, I wrote muddled and snortastic. Muddled, muddled and snortastic. I have predictable, desperate, power spit, and whipped cream up the ass. Oh, yeah. I definitely wrote spray, mm-hmm. spraying whipped cream on his ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and what, lick. I just wrote the word lick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can dive in what that means. So I'm sure that'll be a point someone wants to talk about later. Okay. Episode two, uh, The Apartment, also known as The One with the Cement. I wrote horrified, <laughs> horrified, and horny. Okay. I, I wrote, don't remember why I was horny. Oh, <laughs> they were horny. They were horny. I just wrote DJ fucking Steve. Why did okay. I write that? Because that's more Danny's obsessed with her having sex. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. I wrote raunchy, bonerific, and lethalicious. I wrote insane, <laughs> stupidity, had those doctor bags. <laughs> so I have no idea what that means. Oh had my God. those doctor had those doctor bags. Oh my god, this is the one with the Had- cement. Yeah. Let's let's compare notes. Mine are actually very neatly written out. Brad's are slightly less so. Yours are like a Da Vinci Code notebook nightmare. <laughs> I have no idea. Had those doctor <laughs> logs? 
This is the one I can't even begin. Where where Danny climbs up on like a stool or something yeah. to peer into Steve's apartment. What do you think you're gonna see, Danny? <laughs> you're. You know your daughter's at her boyfriend's apartment. You go to his apartment. You peer in through the window late at night. What do you think you're going to see? You're going to see just... A tit? <laughs> like a, Your daughter's what, tit? You're going to see... Oh, my God. He's obsessed with, like, what's going into his daughter's wet pussy. <laughs> he's obsessed. Obsessed. Here we go. Episode uh, three. Wrong Way Tanner. Also known as... The one where Michelle is bad at soccer. I wrote, exasperated and bored. <laughs> I wrote, dericulous and movie magical. I wrote, cloying. <laughs> Great. Yeah. There Next. we go. I also wrote, everyone is clumsy and dumb and bad at everything and deserves to die. <laughs> episode four. Four episodes in. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was episode three. I'm three, sorry. Three. Episode four. Tough love. Also known as the one where the twins are little shits. I wrote. I wrote. I was hungry and confused. I was. We the pizza hadn't come. Hadn't come yet, but you mentioned that there was going to be pizza coming. <laughs> it and did come. To be fair, it did come. But this was like that stretch of time where we were waiting, and I was like thinking about the pizza. <laughs> and then pizza. on the episode, they had pizza and spaghetti. And so it was like, fuck that. Why do? Why can't I have that? <laughs> why can't I have <laughs> Those that? Those are your words. I wrote pizza and spaghetti. I'm hungry and confused. <laughs> I wrote diorama awful, discipline sane. Yeah. Almost entirely devoid of content. So there's. Oh yes, and then uh, yeah, I wrote drawn out, frustrating. These are simple minds. Is what I wrote. These are simple. <laughs> These minds. are simple minds. Okay, uh, let's go into episode five. Fast Friends, also known as the one where Steph does not smoke. I wrote, uh, I am apathetic and stressed. (laughs) I wrote, uh, nicotine-taining. Nicotine-tertaining. Okay. There is a, I noticed a theme of your notes. I don't know what it would be. I don't know what those are. Okay. And I wrote, (laughs) exasperate. I wrote, Gia and goody-goody. Next. I, I also wrote, sixth graders are a waste of skin. <laughs> Good line. That's so First she said, sixth graders are, what was it? I criminally uh, uh, something. Criminally something. I can't remember. I, and then the next time, sixth graders are a waste of skin. skin. Which is like, she's going to get their skin. <laughs> and use it to practical purposes. I need the skin. Episode six, Smash Club, The Next Generation. Also known as the one where Jesse takes over the Smash Club. I wrote almost nothing about this. Actually, I wrote, I am distracted and bored. And then th- that's all I wrote was Jesse takes over the Smash Club and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, Ratrocious, Vaguely Racist, Baby Boomer Bummer. I wrote, Undeserving, Soul Sucking. Okay. Uh, episode seven, High Anxiety. Also known as the one where Michelle hates kisses. <laughs> I wrote disgusted and nihilistic. I wrote infantilizing and going down the toilet. <laughs> I wrote cringeworthy. The image of all those multicolored toilets in the living room is scorched into my brain. <laughs> it was a for reasons that are hard to describe, but just that image yeah. seems to really encapsulate the whole show. Mm-hmm. All these multicolored toilets and the family just sort of gathered around staring at them. Okay, uh, episode eight. Another opening, another no show. 
also known as the one where everything goes wrong at the Smash Club opening. Smash. I wrote Krankenstein because I I heard uh, John was doing puns. So you, you I wrote Krankenstein and hateful. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling hateful. Yeah. I, I wrote Ari Embolism, boring. Ben Stein. I wrote Ben Stein, Ponytail, and Triplet Time. Great. Also, the Sandy Sandy K Tater Chips, which are like evidently the only yeah. food they serve there because that's all that's in, in big, the pantry. In big bins. And I also wrote... I hate the Tanners. I would never talk to any of them for any reason, ever. Uh, Episode 9, The Day of the Rhino, also known as the one where the Tanners assault a man in a rhino costume. Oh, my God. Uh, This is is a real episode and not just something like... You dreamt. I dreamed. (laughs) (laughs) John, you want to start with your horse? Sure. I feel like I feel like Brad. You've you've always gone first. You 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 said. I wrote dizzy and delirious. I wrote Rachel Dole is awful. Yep. And ten percent funny, and sexist. Gender bullshit. Rhino skin. The shiny. Rhinos. The shiny <laughs> rhino skin, skin that was like the fat weirdly, of the rhino. Something was yeah. sexual about that shiny, yeah. like wet looking, like latex, slick, slick rhino skin. <laughs> Like, if you ran your hand, you would hear... Yeah. And that's that's the thing, right? That's some... Like, yeah, the people latex. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also wrote the ad was funny. I, I wrote I'm always surprised by what's funny in this yeah. show. Yeah. The ad, the, the ad for the rhino was very funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ten, the prying game, also known as oh. the one where Steph's snooping catches up to her. I'm feeling suicidal and numb. <laughs> This is on day one. Episode what? Ten. Ten. <laughs> You've been watching for five hours felt at this suicidal. point. I think I was wa- standing up and walking around at this yeah. point. You were doing a lot of a lot of uh, like I think pacing, that's good. That's like good. in a cell. You gotta, to you try gotta and process it. Yeah, like flow. a caged Keep animal. Blood flow going. I wrote hairable, ten percent transphobic, and lunkheaded. I wrote see it coming a mile away. This one was very like wow. I wrote hairspray, no way. Uh, episode eleven, the bicycle thief. Also known as the one where the family steals a bunch of bikes on accident. I'm feeling pain and resentment <laughs> for my good friend Brandon, who wrote. I didn't write this, but this is the implication here. Who roped me into this. <laughs> you just play Brandon? You don't play me? <laughs> I'll take it. I take the blame. <laughs> I wrote. I just wrote by kill me. I wrote chicken fucking farce. Because uh, this was the one that was like a farce. Straight up farce. And then crime cact. Oh my god. Crime cactals. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right. Episode 12. Support. Crime your- stoppers. Crime stoppers. That's what it was. Crime catchers. Crime catchers. Crime catchers, yes. Yeah. Uh, episode 12. Support your local parents. Also known as the one where DJs blackmailed. I just wrote Green Aura Fedora, which I thought was a very funny bit <laughs> that was just glossed right over. I wrote, uh, this is support your local parents we're talking about, yes. right? I wrote twin sipid, sleepy, and lame. I wrote no substance, twins are goblins, underlined. Also, parents of twins need a support group as if it's, like, alcoholics mm-hmm. or yeah. suicide, mm-hmm. suicidal people. Because there's something unsettling 
I guess, naturally yeah. unsettling about how having we, two identical. How do we do? It We've all seen we The Shining. Two of the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. Two of the same. We have two of the same. <laughs> what do we do? I when I look up. to my left and when I look to my right, it's the same. I mixed up. <laughs> I mixed up a couple of them a couple of times as babies, so I don't really know which one is which. And I never Classic twin <laughs> problem. Welcome to the yeah. group. Uh, episode 13, The Perfect Couple, also known as The One with the Dating Game Show. Uh. I feel trapped and hatred. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're pulling a Marat sod at that point, just writing in shit on the walls. Um, I wrote, loud, wearisome, and love stunk. I wrote, Benny Hell. Ooh. Oh, and bye-bye, Vicky. You caught a little bit of my bug. Oh, bye-bye, yes. Vicky. Episode 14, is it true about Stephanie and the one where Stephanie and Gia become friends? I wrote morose and resigned, and I also uh, wrote male prostitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, and I wrote down this exchange. Yes. I tried to grow a mustache once. What happened? Nothing. <laughs> A genuinely funny. It was genuinely we, we funny, was funny because <laughs> because normally on the show I don't I know we're, get, we're I'm starting to get into no it's it, fine go. the way you but, delivered it it was like yeah. an existential crisis nothing well normally on the show whenever somebody makes a joke mm-hmm. they mug in a way that destroys whatever goodwill they might have earned they um, either mug or they go two more steps they're yeah. like let me keep explaining it to they you they make a funny face or something. Yeah. This one was like the sad eyes of like somebody who knows that they're 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 a beta, and they always will be, and they will always be a cuck. <laughs> Classic cuck. Pepper the frog they're is utterly gonna, emasculated. Pepper the frog is going to be licking their get, neck yeah, all night. They didn't get enough testosterone in the womb, and so they're cursed <laughs> to a lifetime of loneliness. Oh, you're such a cuck. And, Weakness and insecurity that they will never get past. <laughs> no matter how much they impotently bash their yes. hands against their cage. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you write down? <laughs> I wrote, uh, Gia utterly stupid, mustache mopey. <laughs> I wrote, Gia is so evil and knock off Biff. This oh, is the one yeah, where I Biff. Biff. Yeah. Who's like the Biff character. Oh. Goodness. All right. Uh, we have episode 15, The Test, also known as the one where DJ has an SAT dream. This was my favorite. I think this was my favorite. <laughs> this, this, it's okay. a, it's, I think I, it'll probably be in all of our top I, threes. I, I wrote, I wrote whimsical and back on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Second, second, second wind. wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down. Joe Pesci Potato, my God, and Vanna Wyayite. <laughs> I wrote, where's Freddy Krueger? Yep. SATs aren't that important, and Vanna White Hot. Ooh. Yeah. You're all catching my bug. Uh, and then, okay, episode 16, we have Joey's Funny Valentine, or the one where Joey's girlfriend makes fun of the whole family. Um, I wrote numb and dissociated. You immediately went yeah. from back on board <laughs> to numb and disassociated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, this is a bet. I mean, he did a Ren, like a Ren and Stimpy impression. Oh, yeah. When I heard him do that Ren impression, it was him st- trying to uh, steal comedy from another living, working Yeah, actor. show. Yeah. It gave me great pain <laughs> to listen to all of his impressions. Oh, That'll yeah. be a recurring thing. I wrote yeah. bummer and comma disastrous. I wrote roast em, alien family, ha ha dot, ha ha. Episode 17, The Last Dance, 
also known as the one where Papuli dies. Or, depending on the scene, Papui. Where Papui dies. Oh, Papui, Papuli. I wrote disinterested and want my phone to look at Facebook. (laughs) Phone, look at Facebook. (laughs) I wrote Papui. We got to ship a corpse to Greece. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote prematurely breaking the popsicle stick box. Yeah, I wrote Uh, that too. Melodramatic and poorly acted. Episode 18. Kissing Cousins, the w- also known as the one with Jesse's doppelganger. I wrote <laughs> disgusted and repulsed. Yeah. I wrote racist, bizarre, inexplicable, inappropriate. I wrote sleazy, rapey. All right. Yeah. Let's and I also move wrote on. down this quote. Mm-hmm. If you tickle me with a feather duster, yeah. I purr like Catwoman. Which is just the most openly, brazenly sexual thing Kimmy has ever said. Kimmy has ever said. She might as well just say, if you lick my pussy, <laughs> I come gallons. <laughs> Here's a tip. The schnozberries <laughs> taste like schnozberries. <laughs> Episode 19. This is the first one we watched today. Yes. Love on the rocks. The one where DJ and Steve break up. <gasps> Lazy is here. Uh, I see. I see. Lazy cold opening. And then I wrote, Brandon and John deserve to be executed for (laughs) war crimes. (laughs) So now, now at this point in the process, I'm being implicated. Uh, Arbitrary, false, April Fool Hardy. I wrote, wrote, uh, you've remembered the April Fool's joke? Yes. I wrote, get your boom mic out of the show. So many boom mics. He woke up. An entire family, including one that has small children, Mm -hmm. woke them all up, made them all come downstairs for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, That isn't even on April Fool's. Yeah, Yeah. well, he couldn't do it on April Fool's because they always suspect him on that day. So he had to do it before April Fool's. He changed all, every clock in the house. Like a maniac. Three hours back. So they all woke up at five in the fuck. I would be apoplectic. I wrote down Get Your Boom Mic Out of the Show, get Suzanne Summers, and Pranktastic. All right, uh, let's go. <laughs> we live with a developmentally disabled man. <laughs> he is Who's obsessed with utterly, gags. He got to age 12 and, and never, never developed past that. Never. He, there's no way he has a high school degree. <laughs> <laughs> he went to college with Danny. No. <laughs> no, I... That, he he lived with Danny. He lived with Danny. He was just some, like, homeless man on campus. Episode 20. <laughs> Michelle a la carte. The one where Michelle wins a derby race. The one where Michelle is eaten. <laughs> Michelle a la carte. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what did you write down for that one? It's just done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a word I see here. Yeah, and I, I wrote nice nut work. <laughs> yep. That's where and, that one goes. And do what I do when a man crawls back to me. Wake up. Another classic Kimmy line. Which is like Full <laughs> House is most successful with it with its jokes. The writers are so bad that oftentimes they don't know what they're writing. So sometimes the joke works because it's such a ridiculous non sequitur. <laughs> like, do what I do when a man crawls back to me. Wake up. So in Kimmy's dreams, the men that she wants... Oh, that's what it that's means? That's what it is, yeah. I thought... I thought she was, like, saying that a man is, like, crawling into bed with her. 
<laughs> so who wakes up? She oh, she wakes she up wakes when they up. get into bed. Yeah, she wakes up when a man crawls into bed. Hello, my dear. <laughs> crawls into oh. bed. Oh. I was like, why would you say that? Do what I do when a man crawls into bed with me. Wake up. <laughs> so you can get fucked. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought the implication was. You were so used to her being so horny that you interpreted yes, that it. Was, yes, <laughs> yes, that's what it was. I wrote down. I can't believe I'm so delirious. I couldn't <laughs> even decode that joke. I thought it was a fucking non sequitur, and you loved it. I thought it was nonsense. I wrote down carduous, progressive in a '90s way. I guess mm-hmm. I wrote trying question mark and then exploring the Becky dynamic with the girls. Which is one of the few things that mm-hmm. I I told you. I was like, write that down if you yeah. think it's genuinely good. Episode 21. Oh, my God. Be your own best friend. Be your own or best friend. Or the one where Teddy returns. Oh. I wrote, fuck you. God. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Sorry. the show? Fuck wrote, you, Brad and John? I, <laughs> Brad and John. <laughs> I mean, Brandon and John? I wrote, Brad Brandon. I wrote, fuck you, tired and sad. <laughs> and then I wrote... Um, Snickles. <laughs> yep. I think we all wrote down Snickles. And my blood is broken? My blood. Is broken. We heard one of the twins, we thought they said my blood is broken. They did say that. That's not what they meant. That's what they said. Whatever the line was supposed to be, it did not come out accurately. My, bl- my blood is broken. My blood is broken. <laughs> my blood. Oh, uh, I wrote Ted Delightful and yet also utterly forgettable. I wrote Denise Laugh. Because she has a crazy laugh because oh she becomes best friends with Teddy. A little bit too committed. I wrote Snickles, underlined, and Friends, underlined. We're so close. Um, episode 22, A Date with Fate, also known as The One at Cafe 80s. Oh, man. Ooh, that's going to be up in my top just because of that, I think. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, Cafe 80s. I wrote uh, Frustration and Physically Ill. And then your body is a wreck by the end of this. Uh, episode twenty-three, too little Richard, too late. Oh, man. Also known as the one with little Richard. Oh man, so good. I actually wrote the one where Joey does a Daffy Duck impression. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you I, love his impressions, right? For I felt like my feelings were, <laughs> who cares anymore? Who cares? <laughs> you wrote that during the Little Richard episode. Yeah. You didn't find Little Richard delightful? I did like R- Little Richard when he came out. That was a moment of energy that I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, you've like, you're like so, so wasted. You're so drunk. You're so just rock bottom. Everyone's left the, 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 the bar. You're alone. It's 3 a.m. There's no, there's nothing, nothing. And then, and then, and then. Um, you snort cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's an injection of cocaine yeah, yeah, yeah. into the show. He absolutely is. Also, love the detail that he was the uncle of Denise, Denise. Yeah. which clarifies everything about her character. Yeah. The way she talks, the way she acts. Yeah. yeah. She's clearly the niece of Little Richard. Also, <laughs> that Daffy Duck impression. When he's about, he's bringing up the Looney Tunes. Was this the moment? He's bringing up the Looney Tunes, and I heard Brandon go, I heard him go under his breath. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. About, I would say, a good five to ten seconds before he did the impression. Well, he said, Joey says, and what about animation? And you immediately were like, Please don't. Bugs, Bugs, Bugs. 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 Bug
Like you're about to get assaulted. Please don't do this again. Please. Please. I'll do anything to have you not do this. I I wrote any episode with Derek and Little Richard is A plus by my book. Any episode with Derek in it, automatically, I was like, thank God, Derek. You're a fucking lifesaver. I wrote the Richard Factor and not enough music and sex. The final episode, episode 24, A House Divided, also known as the one where they do not sell the house because of Michelle. Um, I wrote, hate, 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 Mm -hmm. fuck Michelle, Mm -hmm. this species, the human species, (laughs) deserves (laughs) to be scorched from the face of the earth for what we have created. Let me, let me just track where you went. And at one point you said, fuck Brandon. <laughs> and you said, fuck Brandon and John. And now it's the entire human race <laughs> deserves to be obliterated. Scorched. Scorched in pain and fire. Well, like, the, the, the feeling I came away from the show wa- with was nothing means anything. Human connection. It's a cycle. Is just so shallow and empty. Mm-hmm. And it's really just more, it's less about, like, I love this person than I love the familiarity, the status quo. I love keeping everything the same. It really is so depressing. It it reminds me of those, like, that science experiment where they uh, made a monkey, (laughs) like a baby monkey. uh, uh, They made made a a fake mommy monkey (laughs) for this baby monkey, and it was made of steel. Oh my god, and I think I kind of know what you're talking about. The baby monkey will go up to that steel monkey and wrap its arms around it even though it's cold, <laughs> sharp edges because it has a little nipple full of milk on it. A little nipple full of milk. <laughs> it's the most dispiriting thing I've ever literally ever heard anyone say. This mommy is hard and cold and sharp and yet the milk. <laughs> yeah. That's what Danny is. He's a cold, steel, sharp Empty, dead husk. Husk that ev- that, that these Everyone children sucks. are just wrapped money. around, sucking the nipples off. He got the money. Yeah, <laughs> daddy, give me the money. Uh, I wrote. <laughs> Speaking of nipples, Joey's nipples. I wrote. I wrote. I feel nipple. Harm. Harm. cacophonous. Mm-hmm. Burden Michelle. <laughs> And depressing. I wrote depressing. I honestly didn't write anything for this for this finale because this is the most bullshit episode I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and I, I have yeah. a lot of thoughts about. I think this would tie into our ultimately when we talk about the themes. Mm-hmm. But now let's go right back to so, the top. Yeah, let's talk. Whatever we want to talk about in any of the episodes is now fair game. Yes. Open discussion session begins now. Yes. Uh, uh, so so th- it was a dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> appropriating Lakota culture to these little white children. Camp Lakota. I, I guess now that I think about it, it's called Camp Lakota. Did they do anything Native American? They did like a song. It wasn't like, it didn't have like a Native American vibe to it. But it was sort of like that idea of, like, we love you, Camp Lakota. You are so goddamn great. Every single night we go to sleep and then we shut. And yeah, I rest. think that's what I was responding to was a bunch of little white girls singing about Lakota. And Denise. It was all little yeah. white girls oh, and yeah. Denise. Well, I, it is interesting to have <sighs> this in the finale bookend where the theme of this one was you get away from home and it feels great. 
Uh, but then when you come mm-hmm. back a second time and try to recreate it, it doesn't feel as good. So go back to your family. Whereas yes. uh, the family finale, is the true source. The finale was we're going to get it, like change up our situation, but we are too scared. Like we want to because of don't the take events, risks. Don't because don't of what happened at the premiere it influences how the children feel about wanting to leave yeah. and wanting change. Nothing These gold. Can, nothing gold can stay. The only thing is family. Forgot about this. This is the first uh, reference to the fact that Stephanie has gotten bracelets from all the boys. All these boys. She's gotten bracelets from all these boys. Oh, in the season premiere. Who like into her. Mm-hmm. And I was like. It's like those rainbow bra- You break one and then she has to do something. <laughs> Breaks one of those bracelets, then she has to give Bobby a blowjob. <gasps> Breaks one of these bracelets. You know those, remember? It's, it's very like nope. inconsistent. <laughs> you didn't do that at school? No, cool? that's it's, weird. It's inconsistent characterization because, of course, we know. When she goes to the next grade, she's, like, not popular. They, like, make her out to be, like, kind of nerdy. Well, isn't that the way of camp? Aren't you, like, a different kind of person at camp? Yeah, I guess she she must have been. At camp, I'm cool. Your schools didn't have that? No. That was a whole phenomenon? It was absolutely a thing. Talking about sex bracelets? The, like, like, hot topic, they would have a different color, like. Yeah, sex bracelets. Yeah, and then you. (laughs) Each color meant a different sex act that you would do. Right, and and if they were broken, that means, like, oh, you broke one because you did it. I looked this up one day, and I found there's one of the colors that means you don't do anything at all. (laughs) At all. (laughs) I need to get that sex bracelet. I broke your bracelet. Yeah, but that was... That I don't was have to white. do anything, you white, idiot. White is There's another sex bracelet that's the color just means I, I only do hugs. I only do hugs. <laughs> hugs. I broke it. I got to show that I do hugs. <laughs> have you heard about fucking Stephanie? She... Is it true? Like... Like raw hugs, <laughs> without gloves. <laughs> without gloves. She, wear gloves. <laughs> she doesn't let you touch her, but she will let you hug her yeah. with your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Take your shirt off now. Hug me. <laughs> but I do love the idea of a bracelet that just means I don't do anything with anyone. <laughs> You've gone out of your way to establish it. Oh my god. Um, the only moment for me was a dark and stormy night that I want to talk about, of course, is when Jesse spray comes whipped cream all over <laughs> Joey's gaping ass crack. No. And Comet oh. rims him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he Comet just spray rims cream. Joey. He sits on <laughs> s'mores, and then they see that he sat on s'mores, and then they... <laughs> They go, this is a great opportunity to they get think a it's whipped so cream funny. enema. Um, they think it's so funny that he sat on this chocolate they lose gram marshmallows. <laughs> Marsh meat. You shat on my chocolate marsh meat. Now the dog gets to eat your ass out. Marsh meat. <laughs> so I wish sweet I could delights. Just slow down and slowly zoomed in. Print by print. Just, print licking, by frame. His just licking his ass in slow motion. Okay, so for the common award, at a certain point, we'll we'll just pick what I think the worst outfit was out of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that I wrote down from the apartment uh, is the fact that Joey wears a beret the entire time, and no one comments on it. It's just part of his outfit, yeah. which is oh, so bizarre. It's not even part of his outfit for the whole episode, is it? Right at the beginning, he, when he's listening to the yeah. Tranquility Tapes, he he's just, wearing the beret. That's not... Part of being a hippie, though. No, it's not part of the tranquility thing. It's just like a weird Gallagher thing he's Mm -hmm. doing of like, Mm -hmm. I wear... It's totally arbitrary. I'm a comedian. It's just random. 
Yeah. And there's a post, there's a, there's a during the credits stinger, which they never do. They do once in this whole season. And it never <gasps> comes back again. It never it comes never back. It never comes back. They're like, they're like, wait a moment. Well, when Full House will be right back. Yeah. They never do that. There must have been it's some weird. sort of weird reason, like maybe a. They thought it was gold. They were like, we they have loved, to. They loved the concrete so much that they wanted to do one more concrete gag. And you genuinely, I think, liked the concrete imagery. I thought the concrete, everything with the concrete was so. It was loony. Right. It, it felt very much like. I. What I noticed, one of the themes I noticed with this was that, oh, it feels like. The family kind of like is sick of one another more in this season. Like they're throwing their th- the, the things that belong yeah. to them. Like there was a lot of simmering resentment. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of like, no, you know what? Fuck you. In wrong way, Tanner, Derek. Of course, I've I've said it before, mm. but Derek is here in a strong way. He wants. This is the one where they're playing soccer, the kids, and Derek wants a position that will that will impress the babes. Mm-hmm. Derek very explicitly says that he wants to impress the babes, but. As I stated very clearly, a babe could be a boy or a girl. So that's very strategic writing on their part. Let, let's continue. Let's just unpack Derek of the season right now. Uh, he gets well. He gets a rainbow shirt to be the goalie, which is amazing. I'm, I'm convinced his dialogue is so. I think so much funnier than everything around it. I'm, I'm convinced they have a special writer right. in the room who only writes Derek's dialogue. We need a one-liner for this queen. Yeah. Give it to us. And in this episode, it's, but the ball moves so quickly, it's bound to smart. Yeah. Great line. I, I, I picture an elderly British man, like an Ian McKellen, <laughs> sitting in the writer's room, and he's just like, just kind of reading a like an old novel mm-hmm. from the 1800s, and then they look up and they say, hey, we need another Derek line. And he's like, well, I candidly choose not to uh, be a part of the, that communal living this, or whatever. This Tom Ruffery. Yeah, this... Well, uh, D- Derek has... Braggadashery. D- <laughs> Derek has evolved, right? Because in the previous seasons, he was just... The thing with Derek was, oh, he's like showy and he's good at stuff. Like, he's good at things. Like, Michelle wants to be good at stuff like Derek, right? But now it's turned into, oh, he's very, like, old-fashioned and... It's calls so, his mom, so like, coded. mother and father. Yeah. Uh, and other, sir, he's polite. Mm-hmm. And fussy. He's just a fussy, anal-retentive yeah. little gay kid. Yeah. Um, another line, I just can't get through recess without a rice cake. So that's another yes. uh, line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe the best line he's, he has at, at oh came goodness. the end. Yeah, he has this great, in the, in the Little Richard episode, he says, Sir, I'm still on Mr. Gladstone's side. I'm just eating yogurt because I have a delicate stomach. I ate a Cobb salad for lunch, and if I may be so candid, it's sitting like a brick. It's sitting like a brick. Like, the <laughs> the diction here is mm-hmm. so beyond anything that we've seen <laughs> yeah. on the show Poetry. up to this point. That's all I got on Derek. Oh, I, I, I should also mention, we looked up the uh, costume designer or, like, wardrobe mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for the show. And it's they did step by step. What was the other show? They they've done step by step. They've done Family Matters. Family the, Matters. The Cosby but the show. one that really stuck out to me was Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Because there's actually an episode where Stephanie Fast Friends. Fast Friends is trying to get in with a group of popular girls, but also like one of the girls is Gr- like clearly yeah. is clearly a Stephanie Weir type. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she dresses just like Stephanie, like actually, all the the costumes of like mm. that group of kids looks very mm. freaks and geeks. Well, well, let's let's uh, let's dive into those new characters as well because we have 
a couple reoccurring characters for, in Stephanie's world, uh, most notably Gia, uh, mm-hmm. which is the bad girl, kind of bad influence on uh, Stephanie. Right now, she starts out as more in this season as, like, an uh, enemy, and then kind of shifts in her second appearance into, like, friend mode. Right. Um, but I think we're going to see more uh, of Gia in the next season. It's really good for the show to encourage unhealthy friend friend mm-hmm. relationships with girls because, uh, you know, with, with, with girl friendships, having that friend-slash-enemy mm-hmm. relationship really works out well and because always you, goes... You, because you can change them. Yeah. Don't you see? Yeah, yeah, you can. Like, if you're good, and even though your friends, uh, this your friend is a bad person, well, we still you have can we them. still have that culture of like, isn't it funny when like women who are technically friends or who wind up becoming friends, we first see them fight. It's like that bride wars, frenemies bullshit. Where yeah. it's like we like to have women have cat fights and fucking rip at each other's throats, but at the end of the day, we sort of save ourselves from being called sexist by having them be like, oh, but we're friends. We remember how we're friends, or we become friends. Mm-hmm. So painting Gia as like this sort of asinine devil cartoon with mm-hmm. cigarettes coming out of her ears is fine if she winds up being like a, a bad grade, bad student, I how should say. How old is Stephanie? She's in the sixth like four, grade. Like 13, 14? Sixth grade? She's That's like si- 11. Yeah. That's like 11 oh. years old and they're smoking. No, well, so I think she's 12, like tw- she's 12. 12 years old. This entire group of Gia, small children. Because Gia and Mickey are seventh graders. Are smoking so like cigarettes. 13. That's yeah. real bad at 12. If that that is young. Cigarettes. For some reason, I was like, oh, they must be like freshmen in high school, right? But no. No, it's middle. Yeah. Yeah. They, they also, it's funny how everyone remembers Gia, even though she's only in, I think, two episodes out of this whole season. But the whole point was that Mickey is this brand new character that's supposed to be Stephanie's friend. Mm-hmm. But clearly, that's she not what's stuck. Out. Yeah. Mickey didn't come back for Fuller House. Mickey's well, just she wasn't as good of an actor. Uh, uh, like, uh, what's her name? Gia. You like Gia more. Gia's acting like she's, well, I don't think she's a great actor, but she has a very expressive face. She's got a better POV for them to like, like when work she with, throws right? up that eyebrow. <laughs> and goes like this with her fingers. Yeah. Does the little wave like. And the bang. So yeah, so we have we have a major development in this season is that Jesse, yes, inherits the Smash Club. He keeps his radio job as a Rush Hour renegade with Joey during uh, Rush Hour, presumably. So when they record, let's say, between like 3 p.m. and. Well. Can they record in the morning? As I said before, like, yeah, Rush Hour could be in the morning commute as well. So it could be a morning show. Do you think they do both? But they've done it with the kids. They have the high school kids yeah. come on. It seems so that doesn't really make any sense. casual. It seems almost too like casual. Way too casual. It's even more casual than like a podcast. It's like yeah. just whatever you happen to be whatever saying. They, they don't have the benefit of editing. And, and which is so amazing because that's like prime slot. That's like when commuters are listening to the radio and you're putting these two yeah, in your like. Not prime. only would I not listen to them on the radio, I don't even want to listen to them. <laughs> You don't want at to talk all. To them. Yeah. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to yeah. look at them. I don't like hearing their voice. So so they do that from like let's say they do it in the afternoon. Let's say they do it from like 3 p.m. to like 6 p.m. Sure. During rush hour. So Jesse goes from that, presumably at 6 p.m. He has an hour break to have lunch with the family. He has to be at the Smash Club by let's say 7 p.m. Well, yeah, um, he had dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had dinner. Uh, so 7 p.m. to how late does the Smash Club we think stay? Well, it's a oh. club for babies. So 9 p.m. 9 p.m. It's a club for babies. I bet it closes at midnight. Let's he, give the benefit that it closes at He like turns midnight. it into a 21 and over club, into a place for everybody. Yeah. There's a night where there are literal 11-year-olds there 
exclusively. Well, right. They don't sell alcohol no. at all. They sell espressos. So they say exclusively. I surveyed the people there. <laughs> there were maybe like 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. And then also like 11-year-olds. Just well, kind of all... Hanging out. It, sharing the same... It screams like the writer was like, this is what I think the next way... This is where I think coffee shops are headed. Like, I'm looking into the future and I see people are going to be going to these clubs like this during the day for like all ages clubs. Someone thought this was like... A Wait, they, I just this love is the their, idea. This is their idea of what a club is going to be like or a coffee shop? I just love the idea. I think they're, they're thinking the future is a fusion. <laughs> you just hang these. out they and there's it. music live. Instead yeah. of like a Starbucks, like them imagining like a Starbucks world, because Starbucks wasn't really no. what it is now. This is someone imagining, oh, in the future, it's going to be a cafe club fusion where you go in it's all ages you can be there's no alcohol you just get your coffee but there's yeah there's the dance scene get jacked up on coffee we got all you can drink cappuccinos you can drink as much as you want Mm -hmm. and then little Richard comes out and then you just dance your little heart out Mm -hmm. and we send you home and you go right to bed and then you wake up and you got a test in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Smash Club is basically an event space. It's a community center because they host a PTA election fundraiser campaign. Yeah. There's, a, there, there's the campaign for the Greek mudslide at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, did we mention the entire club is run by the family? There are yes. no, there's no one, and they serve food. They make a point of saying, we'll serve food. Who's cooking this yeah. food? It's, it's just, Jesse runs it. Um, uh, DJ and Kimmy are, uh... Waiters. The, uh, the servers. We see Becky working there fairly consistently. Yeah, uh, and there's no way any of the family's really getting paid, right? Jesse can't afford to pay them. Oh, can yeah. He? No, that's um, the whole point. So, so, th- well, that's so interesting to me. So, say the club closes at 10, everyone goes home. Jesse has to stay at least till, like, 11 p.m. to make sure everything's set up. He's probably awake at 6 a.m. because of those b- twins. When does this bro sleep, is what I'm asking. Well, what I would say to you is, what would you have him do? Would you have him... Quit one of them. Would you have him do something that didn't involve the family? Would you have him do anything that involves him dictating what actually happens? There's that whole episode where he can't make a choice, where he's choosing between the toilets. And you know why he can't make a choice? Because his family makes choices has makes choices for him. And they're like, Jesse, what's wrong with you? You can't pick a toilet? What is wrong with you? Are you an idiot? Well, I've been rendered impotent because my entire my life, ever since I met Becky, has been fucking, fucking narrowed down. I have tunnel vision now. I can't think. It's just crazy to me that the writers were like, you know what? Let's not let go of him doing the Rush Hour Renegades thing. There's still more to mine there. Let's keep that an aspect of the show and not make the Smash Club just his thing. He doesn't right. know what he wants to do. The Smash Club looks very successful. Uh, like, we, right away. Yeah. Uh, I think it... Who enjoyed the neon es- aesthetic of the oh, Smash Club? Oh, I loved... I thought it looked like the Saved by the Bell opening yeah. came to life and was a place you could live inside. So you would mm-hmm. you would frequent the Smash Club? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think I would defer... I would move away from Brad on that point. I don't if, know if I would if, go if there. You had, if you I like, would <laughs> take my bed... Put it in the middle of that Sir, big please. room. Shut up. <laughs> I own it now. Put it in the middle of the room. And sleep on that. And that's my room. That's my apartment now. I sleep here. Bring me espresso, DJ. <laughs> Kimmy, where's my fries? Bring no. out those three old ladies to sing. <laughs> oh, man. The triplets. Yeah, that's the, that's the... That's the... <laughs> 
That's exactly what they are. Those three ladies, uh, I said it before, but they're from the Pee Wee's uh, Christmas special. I don't actually know their names, but they are very strange and funny to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, a, what a salient point to make. Can I... So, this is a big overarching theme. The twins are a virus of the house. Mm-hmm. They are pollution, human pollution. They're goblins ruining everything Mm -hmm. in the home, everything they can get their little hands on. They don't enrich anyone's lives. They don't do anything good. They don't do anything interesting. They are just terrible all the time, every day, every second. Man, they are, in this season, they are really pushing them in the forefront. It's like Michelle is still, like, the focus, but... Now it's every cold open is the twins. Every single it used to I be. I mean, no, I, I I would argue that it's it was that way for but, the large portion it, of season six. True, but I, a lot of season six was the twins with Michelle. Right, Michelle doing stuff with the twins. Now they've shut. Now it's completely. just we don't need her. The twins now they can talk and they can do enough. That we don't need anyone's help. Well, Mary Kate um, and Ashley are getting like progressively more, like uh, even more cloying. There's a moment where they clearly tell Mary Kate and Ashley, as you're leaving the shot, you're going to have to laugh at some joke that was just made. And th- this actress is so over it, she just goes, ha ha ha. And then her face just goes, Brad Pike ashen. Yeah. <laughs> as she just leaves the shot. Yeah, I remember that. So Man. this is the season where. It, they probably didn't even need to be in those openings because they probably weren't bringing their A-game is what I'm trying to say. I really do want to talk about the episode The Day of the Rhino. Mm-hmm. Uh, delve farther into that about... Um, People remember that episode, I think. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah, about this action figure that Denise and Michelle order uh, based off of... What's the rhino's name? Rigby. Rigby, Rigby. the rhino. Mm. And then it turns out to be very small. So Joey encourages them to go to the mall where and Rigby... protests. Yeah, where Rigby the rhino is like doing his little tour or whatever. He's they're doing like, his rap performance. Yeah, they're like, let's go and like make a big stink about about how small this toy is. Yeah. It, it's very strange, but even more strange is Rigby the Rhino oh. himself. Yeah. We, we've talked, yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but the design of him, when we see him in that ad, the only funny part of that episode is the ad up top that sort of mm-hmm. is a parody of action figure commercials in general. It's mm-hmm. very like broad and kind of like more cynical than the show usually is. Mm-hmm. But in that, Rigby is fully nude. There are no, there's no clothing to Rigby. When we see him at the mall, he's wearing an enormous tie. And of course, when you put something on an animal, you realize what the animal also doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Like if you put a shirt on Winnie the Pooh, you realize, oh, he doesn't have pants. So it's like, the only thing I kept thinking of is, it just looks like the orange flesh of the rhino with yeah. a neck draped over the it. slick, supple. You couldn't get over it. Can you imagine rhino. him wet, like being sprayed by a hose? He had oh. shiny shiny skin and like folds, like uh-huh. clear like oh. folds where his like That's what kills thighs it. And, and like uh, he, like his belly had like folds around it. It was weird. Rigby's thick. He's got junk in the trunk. And like around <laughs> his T H I C C thick. I want it. I want to fuck Rigby. I also wrote uh, on that episode DJ overreacting to anything. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is the, well, yeah. all the kids, all everyone, all the time. And it's like somebody does one wrong thing, and they're just like, "I don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't want to have anything to." Do. He, she gets this. Uh, you said Rachel Delazel hair. Yeah, it's very like yeah, fried and sort and of braided. She goes up to Steve and she says, "What do you think?" or something. And Steve goes, "I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's good." And she. Later on, she's like, he lied about my hair. 
What else will he lie about? What else will he lie about? Is he cheating on me? (laughs) And this is the one where it's like the war of the men versus the women, where it's like the men say, oh, Steve, you never tell a woman the truth. And then the women are like, men are spineless, foldable chairs. Everyone's a fucking idiot and a drip. Right. And then Steve and DJ, like, they break the ceiling by deciding, like, no, we're breaking from these these fucking gender-based traditions, Mm -hmm. and we're going to say what we really mean to each other. We're thumbing our nose to you, boomers. That's right. And then five episodes later, they're barking up. Yep. Over nothing. I can't tell. How am I supposed to feel about Steve? Because sometimes it seems like he's supposed to be a really nice, likable guy. Other times he seems like he's supposed to be a complete moron. A dummy. Just a total, like, pretty boy dummy. I think you're supposed to like Steve, but he's not a tanner. And the viewers must always love the tanners. Oh. Anyone that goes against the tanners, you can like them, but the Kimmy Gibbler... You don't oh, like yeah. Kimmy more than the Tanners. It's anyone like, are you crazy? It's like the Lannister family. Yeah. Right? Right. It, when Steve enters, it's like, oh, Steve, you're throwing everything off. Kimmy enters. Oh, Kimmy, you're throwing everything off. You're Steve. funny, but you're not staying with the family. Like, yeah. they'll, you'll leave and the family will talking have about, the Talking about, you. like, the leave. autism of them being obsessed with their own family. Even the dad, Danny, whenever he has an interaction with another child who isn't a Tanner, like Kimmy... Yeah. Or any of the kids. Mm. Isn't, it, it treats them with such callous disdain. It's just utterly like, ugh, you. What? Mm-hmm. In fact, the stuff he says to Kimmy is downright cruel. They, they say some really shitty, like we've said this so many times before, they, they say really shitty stuff to Kimmy. And it's apparent in this season too. Like, it's weird because now Kimmy is getting like hornier and hornier with each season. So it's like, look how horny she is. She's like thriving she's off into of... into Jesse? There yeah. are implications that she's into Jesse's she, butt. She's like into the Tanners giving her shit. And it like fuels her like sexual, her need to like sexually express herself. She's like, I just got told I was an animal. So now I have to like make someone know that I want to fuck them so, like, I feel like a human again. Well, and like, that, it's weird shit like that. That line that you quoted about, tickle me with a feather duster and I'll purr like Catwoman, that's delivered to a pizza guy in front of yes. the entire family. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't even care. Yeah. Like, I'm rolling my fucking pussy out and, it, like, come on, I'm I would, ready I would for lo- it. I would love it. the uh, pink carpet. Yeah, so there it is. <laughs> I would love it if she said that to the pizza guy and then turned to the family and was like, what? What? Say it. Say what you're thinking. I'm brazen about it. Yeah. The the biggest example of them hating an outsider, of course, in this season is Stavros. Stavros is Jesse's nearly identical mm. cousin from Greece. He represents, it's the most conservative version of what this would be. Because it's literally an immigrant coming into the house, conning you out of your money. Yeah. Fucking trying to seduce your wives. Mm. And getting and getting his fucking hooks in everything that you hold dear. He's got a giant hook nose. He's greasy and disgusting. Well, a giant hook nose. He's it's got an John. enormous bulbous nose. Oh, it's a cartoonish fucking laughable they, stereotype. They added more to his nose. He had. A, yes, yeah. He's got an enormous prosthetic nose. Oh, I oh, guess yeah. I just skipped, didn't even notice that. You might have been blacking out for nine to ten seconds <laughs> every well, now and then. I know, I know Stavros, Stavros though, they, they made, that episode makes him like, he's clearly the villain. Like, everyone mm-hmm. has to he hate him. almost, he wants to rape yeah. Becky in the kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's played for laughs like a Pepe Le Pew bit. Mm-hmm. 
He's going to sexually assault her. He, he almost does he, it again. He in the ain't a cartoon skunk. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. But he is skunk at the same time. <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, <laughs> John Stamos's outfit in as as Stavros, where he's like got the tuxedo shirt with the sleeves off, uh-huh. and I've never seen somebody make somebody so attractive make. Something that should be attractive, so not. It looked. It was so disgusting mm-hmm. looking. He yeah, if it had just disgusting. been, if it had just been John Stamos in yeah. that outfit with the suspenders and the sleeveless, it would have been probably great. Yeah, but they they will they went out of their way to like strangers with candy, John Stamos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they just made him fucking hideous. Well, but but I but I think the the more extreme example of the family not liking an outsider. A more extreme example. I, I think the Roxy episode is more <gasps> unintentional yeah. and like dark. And, like, showcasing that this family doesn't know how to react with outsiders that might threaten the status quo. Like, you're supposed to hate Stavros. You're not necessarily supposed to hate Roxy, but the... Roxy's actually very lovable. Right. And and when she roasts the family, it's really not all that mean. It's not that bad. It's just a funny roast, and, like, she's just... Joke. She's a comedian. She's just joking. She doesn't really but that, hate any of you. That no. dinner scene later, where they're all like, "Okay, hey guys, I, I know, uh, you know, Roxy didn't mean it. Uh, Dan, uh, uh, Joey's coming over with her for dinner. Let's all laugh at her jokes because we have to show through laughter that we like her." Well, and this this is this is part of an arc where, like, when they first meet her, they're told they they know Joey's a comedian. Yeah. They're used to knowing what a comedian is. When they learn that Roxy is a comedian, right? Okay, Roxy, make me laugh. You're yeah. a comedian, right? It's every improviser's worst nightmare yeah. on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> talking to someone and them being like. Tell me a joke. Yeah. Oh, well, you do comedy, huh? I, I actually you know like that sketch? conversation that she brought that up. That mm-hmm. she said, I don't, I don't, please don't tell them I'm, I'm a comedian. Yeah. I really don't like it when people expect me to make jokes. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I totally I understand agree. that. Yeah. And that's funny that the show had enough awareness about actual comedians to know that. But and, then, and then after the roast, when they're mad at her, and they, yeah, as you said, they're trying to like make up for the fact, mm-hmm. like oh, like well, let's just pretend, let's not be honest that we were mad about that roast. Right. Let's just like laugh at all of her jokes, and she she just makes statements. She'll say things like, "Oh, when I was a kid, everybody was mean to me, and they called me like Twinkle Toes." <laughs> That's funny. I'm not telling a joke. Yeah. Did did it have the cadence of a joke? Do you have what disorder do you guys have? And then, Danny. Throws him under the uh, uh, Joey under the bus by saying, "Well, Joey told us to laugh at all your yeah." Joey lied to you. He told us you that we should him? laugh you should at break all. Up with him. You should break up with him because he's garbage and he's ours. He's, he's our bar- garbage. He's our garbage. <laughs> he's our garbage. Get out of my house! His <laughs> 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 like, like his mouth stretches open. Right, right, right. Like the, bees come out. <laughs> bees. It's the know. same. It's, it's the same exact plot as when Vicky has to make them dinner, and Dan, it's the same thing. It's like, all right, family, lie to this person mm. that's an outsider and it's, tell them it's that they're weird good. Italian food. <gasps> Pesto sauce, goat cheese pizza. What there, part of the goat? There is an obsession multiple times in this season where like goat cheese is played for laughs yes goat cheese one one of the writers hates hates goat cheese or was served goat cheese somewhere Mm -hmm. or like can you imagine 
that guy at a Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. He would be he would be vomiting openly. Bees be coming vomit- out of his mouth. He'd just be going, <laughs> can you believe this? Cucumber water. Can you believe this? Put it in the show. <laughs> oh my god. Gluten free? What is gluten? Can you believe this? Well, it's like that Simpsons joke where Marge takes spices off a fucking shelf at a grocery store and she's like, who needs all these spices? Oregano? What in God's name? <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, but uh, Greek food, I was going to say. Greek food is good because John Stamos, Jesse's character, is Greek. Yeah. So Greek food isn't weird. They have moussaka. You'd think the tanners would be like, moussaka who? Yeah, they're the worst. They're the- well, it's still like a white. But Italian yeah. food is yeah. also very like yeah, white like in my mind. Yeah, like pizza and like pesto noodles. Isn't yeah, but like I a think big... that's fancier. Like they're, I think they're fine with Italian food because it's, it's like not village real. Food. Like, God, food they're that, from Italy. They're that worst. They're that worst American family. That's they're like, like Chef Boyardee. We, we go to we go when we go out. We go to Applebee's because Applebee's has ooh burgers. too spicy though. Yeah, Applebee's no. Olive not Garden. spicy. I, or, olive, no, not even. No, uh, Olive Garden's Applebee's. too. Applebee's. I, I thought or Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays. I can get a burger at Ruby Bud Tuesdays. Rockers. Uh, many, many a family will go to Olive Garden and say, "Oh my, we are so like cultured." Yeah. This, uh, I love the breadsticks. Red Lobster seafood. Uh, hello, I like seafood, but not when it. I mean, not, I like Red Lobster. I love their biscuits. Uh, Ninety dollars a plate. I like free cheese biscuits. Thank you very much. CC's Pizza. <laughs> Domino's. Oh, CC's is CC's is a good one. Like, let's all go to CC's. It's like five the, five bucks for all you can eat pizza. Yeah, the blandest, grossest. Oh my god, pizza. they have macaroni and cheese pizza. Yeah, <gasps> perfect for little Tommy oh who's autistic. <laughs> We're all autistic, so we might as well just chomp away. Like, God forbid you try anything new. Yeah, that. Oh, like this this uh, family being like sushi. Michelle, you got a squid. You had, you just had squid. Thank you She's for remember. Like, Thank you for remembering. <laughs> They're sitting. Danny buys. In a, a, an, an Asian style, low to the ground, I black forget table. What episode well, they're doing. trying to heighten just how, like, sad he is. Well, no, how crazy oh, it's this meal is, and the, it, the, the sushi on its own, it just won't sell the Mm-mm. ethnic. We need to sit on the floor. Just how, how Asian it is. <laughs> Asian. The mysterious Ooh. East. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they, they put it on a special... I'm surprised you didn't come out in a fucking kimono. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this season was the, end of, was the end of relationships. We had, oh, yeah. as we aforementioned, the we had... The of romance. Uh, 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 DJ and Steve broke up, and then we also had Vicky and uh, Danny ended their long-distance relationship. And Roxy and Joey aren't going to stay together. Roxy no, and she Joey, vanished. She's, yeah. She was in her two episodes. She's done. That was the end of her acting career, and according to IMDb. That's very true. This all had to happen so that in the final season... Right? I, I assume that the final season gives everybody what they want. Everybody gets Not exactly relationship-wise, I don't think. I don't think Danny winds up getting with anyone in the eighth season. No. I, think, I don't I think, think Joey does either. No. Whoa. Yeah. If because I in Fuller House, we see him with a wife. hack writers didn't hook up Couldn't every everyone. single one of the men. What, what, well, that I, breaks up the family. I am, I am very, That's right. I am very surprised they don't, they don't bring Vicky back to be like, She's now. I'm in living in part- San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. The- they give him a happy ending. Why do they not do that? Well, well, they end. Vicky and Danny's relationship ends uh, for an adult reason because she gets a job in New York and she's like, I'm. I know this long distance thing has been what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. We've been engaged for six months mm-hmm. since Walt Disneyland, but I'm gonna stay in New York City. And he's like, Okay, well, 
then we're not going to have a relationship because I'm not going to uproot my family. Mm-hmm. That's an adult way of ending a relationship. Also, Danny, uh, in the time we've had a long-distance relationship, have you ever come to Chicago? Ever. I always come here, spend so much money. Here. DJ in this, in this season mm-hmm. gets mad about her hair. She gets mad when Steve on the game show can't answer the question, what fish does your girlfriend kiss like? She gets mad when Steve gets that wrong. And then she wants to break up because he goes on a trip for a weekend. For a weekend, and she's like, well, I'm bored at home now. You know what, Steve? The spark is gone in our relationship. That's what I'm blaming and, this on. And he, the the next, spark is the, gone. The, the, the most uh, annoying part of that is that he comes back later, and he's like, hey. And she's like, hey. He's like, I've been here for a few hours. We had a we date. We had a date. And she's like, oh, I've just been so busy. It's like, this is different from what Steve did. Steve had a trip that he told you about. Right? And that and, he was going to and go And you're on. being weirdly passive-aggressive. Yeah, you have just decided, because there's no way she actually forgot about the date, yeah. right? She was just like, I've been so busy. Well, we see... Hanging her- out with my sisters, who I hang out with all the time. I forgot that I liked them. You would. That's really? true, because, considering how much you yell during this fucking season. Right. Uh, uh, she climbs this mountain with... It's also out of character for her. Yeah. Because... Oh, yeah. They don't know what that character is. Yeah, they don't know what she... I think certain writers write her one way. Certain writers are, like, taking out whatever they have against their wives. We only learn that she's on obsessed... This woman. She's obsessed it's with like, the SETs. That's the only thing we learn about her this season. SETs? SETs. I have to take my SETs. Like... For the most part, is like a Rory Gilmore. She's just very level-headed. She's very emotionally stable. She helps the other kids with mm-hmm. their problems. She her her relationship with Steve is very stable. Mm-hmm. Has very few ups and downs. All of a sudden, randomly, she will just snap and be like, "You didn't guess that." My favorite fish was an angel fish. Kill yourself. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. She's choking herself on the inside because her family has taught her, like, don't fucking rock yeah, the boat. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's some subconscious, subconsciously she's like, I, I can never grow up. I can never get married. I, I can never have children of my own. Well, if that, I do have, ch- I can have children. Yes. But. Unlike my sister, Stephanie. Grow the barren. Grow the hive. Um, I will say that episode where she breaks up with Steve does end on sort of like a pro-independence note. With all the problems that that episode has, they climb this mountain that she climbed earlier with Kimmy and her boyfriend, Keanu. And she's like, Steve, did you enjoy climbing this mountain? And he's like, no, this experience that you had, I don't know. I can't share it with you. And when they break up, she finally realizes she has that line where she looks out and she goes, I'm going to be fine. So at the very least, there's this message of, DJ doesn't need to have a boyfriend. Yeah. Except in the next episode, she's sweaty for a dick. <laughs> she's next, desperate well, to get a dick. In the next episode, she wants. She's so sure that Steve is devastated that they broke up. Mm-hmm. She wants the to him to be like, "I miss you," so she can be like, "Too bad." That's like a really weird, like vindictive thing. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm just here for my CD." She's like, "You're not even devastated a little bit." It's only as progressive as the nineties could allow. Yeah. So uh, is there anything else we want to talk about specifically before we move on to themes? Cafe eighties. Cafe eighties. Oh, Cafe eighties. And also in that same episode, I wrote a quote that I thought was completely insane. <laughs> Um, let me see if I can... Yeah, which one was Cafe 80s? Let me see. A date with fate. You should be... Ah, That's where DJ goes uh, on a date with a 20-year-old. A Um, 40-year-old. Yeah, so... A 25-year-old? 20-year-old. Yeah, he he looks... I would actually... I say 40, but he looks like he's about 26. Yeah. He looks a lot He looks like... Oh, no. 
He looks late 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it that too. And she's a child in high school. She's 17. And um, Danny's like, fine. That's cool. We're going to the same place apparently three anyway. Three years difference. Also, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I think a 17-year-old shouldn't be going to her boyfriend's apartment. You don't yeah. think so? You side no, with Danny I on don't, that? No, I, I am going to side with Danny on that. I just don't think that that's, like, for 17 years old. I think that, like... Mm-hmm. You know, at least, you know, when stuff is happening under your roof, you, you know, like, they're not... It, it's basically like them getting a hotel room every night for all intents and purposes. You'd have to know that boyfriend I guess, so well that you would yes. genuinely feel like, I, I know this guy, I do genuinely like this guy, but Danny clearly doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's should at this point. You'd think he would. I guess been around for, like, two I guess, years. Yeah, I guess if it's, like, a two- to three-year-long relationship, yeah. I might be okay with it. But if you don't trust him by now, it's like... He's been in my yeah. house 4,000 times. Yeah. Uh, what am I waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the son I've never had. When they arrive at the cafe, her 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 20-year-old boyfriend ends up getting together with Danny's tw- 25-year-old. He's, he's got... What is he? 40? He's nearing 40, yeah. 40 he's, years old, he's mm-hmm. dating a 25-year-old. They what make a, the point of it's a, it's a mirror. It's like a Shakespeare a mirroring. Shit. Yeah. yeah. He likes him young. He, I think he likes him young. He tried to get with Vicky, Ugh. but he's a pervert. I think yeah. he's a bit of a creep. Yeah. She says, the 25-year-old says to the 20-year-old man, boy, uh, or, or he says, I really like your eyes. And she says... Well, he goes, I really like your eyes. What would you call him? Green? Bad what would setup. you call them? Bad setup. Green? And then she says, I call the left one green, and I call the right one tiger. And then she winks. I have no clue. It doesn't make any sense. This is what I mean by, like, you, they non-sequitur. say stuff in the cadence of a joke, but it's just a non sequitur because they don't know tiger. how to write jokes. Um, green? Tiger? If tiger. you're going to live in Smash Club The Next Generation, I'm going to live in Cafe 80s. Because the fact that there's a cafe in 1994, when this episode came out, that's all based on 80s nostalgia. There's a Ghostbusters logo. There's a wacky... Uh, Imagine... The bushes have a, a cut There's up. a Freddy Krueger standee. Yeah, there's a Boy George and a Cindy Lauper costumed waiter set that's walking around. Yeah. I guess even in 1994, we were like the 80s, am I right? I miss Imagine <laughs> a 2000s club where it's just like... No one would go. iPods at your table <laughs> Avril Lavigne, waiter. Yeah. Hi. You're saying this, but I would uh, check that out. Like Why'd you have to make it so disco, complicated? Yeah. Uh, posters, yeah. I don't Y2K, know. Y2K, like... Oh. Or dial-up. Or I guess dial-up wouldn't have been... But Dollop still would have been a thing. We could just muddy the one. Like, it just have to be a little bit of everything. Like, sounds. 9-11 can... is on, like, the Every 24 TV. hours of CNN foot, uh, coverage of 9-11. <laughs> it happens at 11 o'clock. All of the, yeah. No, it happens at 9-11. Oh, well. You idiot. <laughs> Are we going to run this business or not? <laughs> 9 o'clock. 9 and 11 o'clock. Guys, it runs for an hour. 9 p.m. Guys, to 10. We got to leave, leave uh, Millennium. It's 9.09 and I don't want to sit through that again. I don't want to remember How again. Long is it? Wait, is and it just Bethany is like, Bethany is like, I want to stay. <laughs> I don't know the scott this other time. But I want to stay. I want to stay. Bethany loves I that like it. <laughs> I like remembering. Does it just go for a minute from like 9.11 oh, to 9.12? Oh, no, 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 no. How long does it go? I'm going to say an hour. Uh, what's better, uh, Snickles? The fact that Teddy has a candy called Snickles, or that Michelle has a, a toy called the Magic Q-Ball, not the 8-Ball. Oh, yeah. Snickles is by far funnier. I love I, fake first, candy. I love fake foods. At first, I thought he was trying to say Snickers, but because Teddy has a, like a S- list, I thought he was going Snickles. 
but it's Snickles, which is a version of Skittles. Yeah. Yes. But also, Snickles. this made-up candy, because they didn't want to say sni- sk- Skittles, Yeah. they end up, th- this gets a laugh, this is a laugh line, yeah. him just saying the word Snickles. Snickles? I, I want to describe a little bit more, you mentioned this a long time ago, but the gag from the Twin Support Group, I just want to explain what that is, because you mentioned there's a, there's a fez that they put on Jesse's head, it's bright green, it looks like something it out, comes of out of Emerald nowhere. City. And it's got light up, like LED lights yes. on the lining of the crown, and it has something. That support group is run by a guru yes. in straight up. He's a white guy in like East Indian robes, mm-hmm. and I don't understand what the satire is supposed to be at all. That support groups are stupid. Yes, that's, I think that's the yeah. implication. Is like it's you like sought it. help outside the family, even though they learned a good ridiculous. Lesson, mm-hmm. But they did learn something from the group. Did the group they? Went, yes. At one point, they realized, oh, we have to split the boys up and have them explore their own interests or else they're not going to socialize. Did they, they learn, learn that from the support group? They or did do. they learn that? Okay. They learn it because that creepy couple who named their boys Phil and Phil and the father's name is Phil and the wife's name is Phyllis, they never split the boys up so now they're oh, creepy. Oh, I missed that joke. But so, That's so, weird. It's so really they did weird. it, the, the support group taught them inadvertently. Yes. Yes. That's and then exactly at the what it end was. of it. So it, the support group itself is new uh, age alternative. It didn't really help them. Jesse laughed. They at figured them. it out because they're smart than the people. Right. And it's Jesse. Anyone trying to help Jesse, he's like, fuck you. I'm a man. Yeah. I can do everything, even yeah. though I can basically do nothing. I can't pick a toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but goodness. like at the end of that scene, the guru is. What is. How does that. What does he say? I, I don't. He I says don't, something. He's honestly, like, I don't remember this scene. And at then all. let's put on the green what? aura the fedora. And then they put this hat he says, on him. He he has that line about like your aura is so red right now. We want a green aura. You know, like those weirdo gurus do. They talk yeah. about the chakras and the auras. I don't anything remember non-white. this at all. And then it just cuts it's crazy. It just I don't. it just blackout. I to promise the next you, scene. I have no. Well, blackout. I think. Brandon, you went through a bit of a blackout yeah. during that, I, yeah. I guess. Cool. Should um, we, uh, anything else before we move on to theme? Uh, I think, I think I, I might be, I think I might be good. I want to yeah. do theme. I want to do the worst cold open because I think we all know what that was. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Worst cold open. The <laughs> cold open. The worst. Worst of, of them all. Of them all. Season seven, worst cold open. Uh, Brad, I, I felt like you had trouble because you were like, none of these are worse or better than any of them because they're all just like the kids go down a slide. Yeah, one of the cold opens is, I don't even remember what they discussed, but basically it's should uh, Jesse go down the slide with one of the kids? And then he does, and that's it. Go to credits. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Why did you show me any of that? What? There's no... But the fact that there is a playground set in, within the attic, that that shows that like there was thinking there. They had, they had to plan it. So the reason why I picked this one particular cold open for being the worst yeah. is because they clearly had nothing. And we all they had nothing freaked out after we saw it, um, which is maybe one of the reasons why we chose it. We all had a reaction. Here's what here's what happens yeah. in it. Yeah. The boys have bagels. Everyone's eating bagels, which you think that'd be a little bit too non-Catholic yeah. for this family, but they're eating bagels. And the twins say something like, "Does does a hole hole in my bagel? Hole in my and bagel." Like putting it up to their like eyes, like looking through it, and they won't eat it yeah. if there's a hole. Mm-hmm. So Becky, who's a terrible parent, takes strawberries and plucks them, points them through the holes. She goes, "Here you go, boys." 
Now, now the holes have been filled by the strawberries. And they go, Doki Doki. <laughs> That's their new catchphrase. They've said it a few times since then. Doki Doki. One of them says Doki Doki. So someone ran over to the craft services table in a schwitz. They were having a schwitz fit, going, what am I, what, what is it? What, what is the opening? What is the opening? Uh, give me this. Give me this. Give, give me, uh, give me the strawberries. Yeah. Get up. Grab the plates. <laughs> Props, I need the plates. Have the, have the kids fallen, just gone down the side? We already did that. We Fuck. already did the side. <laughs> Fuck. Did they bowl? Did they already bowl? Yes, they did the bowling. Oh, oh shit. shit. What about, uh, did we do the race cars? Yeah, we did that last season, you fuck. They got in little race cars last season. <laughs> Piece of shit. Come what on. if what if one of the kids just uh uh shits on his hands and just wipes the shit on the other kids? What if what if one of the kids had a steak knife and they played the knife game from Aliens and then their fucking little their little rubbery digits just turned into little worms that curled yeah. away from them? Uh, I, I I still want to dress them up like girls. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You want to dress them up like girls? Nicolina, Alexandria. Yeah, it, it'll be funny. Ralph, we're not doing that. I have the dresses already made. What do you mean? I, I photo I photoshopped them. I've, look, what's look, Photoshop? I, what's oh, Photoshop? <laughs> so look, I made a mock-up. <laughs> I so made paper stupid. dolls. Uh, um, th- this show has to be written at 3 a.m. in a dark room. <laughs> with the mentality that we had at 9.30 last night, yeah. where like, our brains are just like eggs in a frying pan, and that was the worst cold open. Brrr. There are many candidates, I'm sure, for uh, the worst outfit of the season, the mm-hmm. common award for Wolf Worthy Fashion. Woof! 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 I had no idea you were going to do that. 24 woofs for 24 episodes. Um, I will burn right... I. Uh, if I may, jo- <laughs> I mean, if I if I may be so candid, Joey's beret. Uh, there's uh, Becky's smell like Teen Spirit pea green flannel shirt, Aaron's cow skull shirt, bolo oh, and his boots. Bolo tie. Um, <laughs> we see another bolo tie on Teddy. Teddy. Taj M- Mowry. Bolo ties on babies. Stephanie's <laughs> Stephanie's psychedelic lava lava lamp pants. Um, uh, Stephanie's floor length button up hooded dress. <laughs> Michelle's clown like circus dress. She keeps they keep dressing her up like a clown. Becky's little clown. Becky's Elvira bun hair. She had this enormous vampiric bun. Steve's Phil Collins Community Theater Fiddler on the Roof vest Mm -hmm. um, that looked like something out of fucking Mykonos. The Talking Heads. uh, So much Talking Heads suits. Suits that are suits that are too big. Like whoever does, uh, whoever is the tailor for Donald Trump. Is doing all the clothes for oh, these yeah. grown men. Gordon Gecko bullshit. Yeah. DJ's Pocahontas braids. Um, there is Joey's sweater that has a, a number two, the Roman numeral 12, a three, and an asterisk on it. And then I think, oh, Steve Steve has a black denim vest with a white t-shirt at one point. Keanu wears a red sweater with hiking boots. Mm-hmm. Danny has at least four different mm-hmm. V-neck sweaters that are yeah. truly nuts. Out of all of that, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I think, to choose. Honestly, I think for me, I'm going to have to give it to Stephanie's weird Amish outfit she has in that one episode. where she's the just hooded looks, button-up dress? Oh, where she looks like yeah. a ghost. Yeah. She looks like the ghost of a little girl. Yeah, she has like <laughs> a girl the, ghost? the like pigtail, like oh, Amish pigtail things. And then like a very like a plain like gray. It's like a gray dress. Or Why something. did they put her in these dresses? It's, it's very. Dis- I was a little girl in the 1700s, and I was sacrificed by a satanic cult to their 
dead god. Rightfully so, because I was a witch. Yeah, yeah. I am a witch. Every yeah. generation, a scarecrow girl is selected. I was my generation scarecrow girl. Yeah. They burned me up. They did. That's what I have to give it to. I'm probably going to give it to a combination of. Oh boy, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give half of it to DJ's Pocahontas braids, and and I'm gonna give it also to oh boy, what's poking out right now is Keanu in the red sweater with the hiking boots. It looked so stupid. Brett, there were so many examples of sleeves that were too big, just gigantic sleeves, and one of them that I can think of in particular is like Danny's sweaters that are huge, huge sleeves, no shoulders. They just slump. They're just diagonal. They just slump right down, mm-hmm. like he's a turtle. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta give it to that then, I guess. Yep. Yeah, that's what. Rest in peace, Marsha Wallace, who plays Mrs. Carruthers, aka Edna Krabappel from The Simpsons. I was saying that we should talk about themes, but I think we have been talking about themes throughout this whole thing. So, unless there's anything else you feel the need to touch on, so I would say. There were, I was surprised by the things that I actually liked. Uh, I mm-hmm. liked the episode, The Test. Mm-hmm. I think let, this is a perfect time. Oh, oh let's real yes, quick just go top. through our top oh. three episodes. Okay, three episodes. then to Little Richard, too late, because Little Richard saying, shut yeah. up, Joey, mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. Yes. Uh, and then I wrote a star next to another one, uh, A Date with Fate, uh, because of Cafe 80s. I'm just mm-hmm. going to give it to that because of Cafe 80s. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm looking through this right now, and if I had to pick another one. You know what? I'm just going to be a little basic and just say that the Papui episode, uh, I would probably say is the most effective. Papui, Papui. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's probably the most effective episode in terms of trying to get some sort of message across. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even though the acting in it is, is very arch and very uh, overwrought, mm-hmm. um, I, I think many people like that episode for a good reason. Um, I don't think other episodes with messages like the smoking episode are nearly yeah. as effective. Uh, so I'll give it to that. Surprised you didn't give it to Wrong Way Tanner because that's a Derek heavy episode. But Wrong Way Tanner. Uh, the soccer episode. Sure. It's Never mind. Derek I'll give that one. Yes, I'll choose that one. Okay. Oh, Derek sings Paper Moon in the Little Richard episode, and it's so oh, gay. Yeah. yeah. It was only a paper moon. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my top three, I'm going to give it to uh, – I'll give it to um, The Test. I think The Test was was fun. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Um, I'll, I'll give it to uh, – uh, the Day of the Rhino, I think that that, that one's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one has the Don Knotts security guard who's like, well, yeah. hold on, everybody. Yeah, yeah. so so weird. Um, and then, you know, I'll probably give it to that Little Richard episode, too, because it's just mm. something different. So, uh, too Little Richard, too late. Pretty sure I have the exact same three. Yeah, the test. I did like the cement. I will say oh, yeah. that everything to do with the c- cement... <laughs> But that only came in at the very end. Mm-hmm. Most, I mean, I think I was just blown away mm-hmm. by the, I, I was the not scale. expecting, yeah, the scale of the disaster, the, the pipe smashing through the window. And then I was like, holy shit. And then the cement, not just some, like a little bit of cement, but gallons and gallons, hundreds of gallons just pouring into this mm-hmm. kitchen. They always destroy that wall because that's the wall that was destroyed by Stephanie when she had the car yeah. thing. I, it's just interesting to me that it's always that, that same wall. wall. That breakable wall. I think this is some of the the best and worst of what makes Full House Full House. Because did we really focus on this? Because at the end of the series, 
this this kind of acts like a series finale almost if mm-hmm. they had not been re- renewed mm-hmm. because they almost sell the house to uh, Bond, Lou Bond, who's this inexplicably British San Francisco citizen. Yeah. But then they realize, of course, that they want to just stay in the house because Michelle basically demands it. Right. Michelle demands they're going to stay there. And that is so infuriating. There's a line that Danny and Joey have. Those, oh my God. When, when Papui oh dies, my God. Joey and Danny realize... Oh, we've always had this dream of buying a boat. Yeah. And J- Danny says, Joey, whatever happened to that dream? And Joey, I swear to God, he says this. He goes, the same thing that happened to all of our dreams, Mr. Vice President. Their no. dreams died. Their dreams died. Died. Yeah. Or turned into something much smaller than they ever could have what, imagined. What revelation did you yeah, have? Yeah, you had a oh, very the, big moment just then. In the season finale... This huge family, Jesse, Becky, the twins, they live in the attic. Yeah. And Jesse's so furious. They, they have no space. They can't yes. do anything. And they say, like, this is great. We'll sell the house and we'll get our own house. And Joey says, great. I f-, he says, I should be living by myself. Yes, I should everybody have suddenly, space. for a split second, Imagines. common sense and reality leaks yeah. in. All the stars fucking align, but then... The Michelle Comet comes in yeah. and knocks things back out of like fucking she, proportion. Michelle she is sort of the embodiment yeah. of insipid, yeah. saccharine. It's like, your parents telling you not to move out of your hometown. It's yeah. your irrational bullshit. She's the yeah. eclipse. Yes, that causes the blood moon. Man, I mean, the only thing like Vicky got out. Yeah, Vicky was like, I'm not fucking compromising and no. like setting down roots because the theme that I wrote down is never move. Stay still, never grow, stay the same, never dream, stay content. That's what the show is. There you go. Never dream. Oh, I wanted to be a I wanted to be a rock star. Now I own a club for children. It's not what you want. We're a band named Human Pudding, made up of children, <laughs> sing and dance on stage. He looked so <clears throat> depressed in that episode. Yeah. He had his lighter out. Yeah. He just looked so fucking bummed. Well, we certainly thank you <laughs> yeah. for moving through this whole you helped us save. How you would not believe six, months, six of months of work. I mean, you would not believe how often I wrote just hate. Yeah. Fuck. I would. I would believe. I would believe. Oh. No. Uh, we were there for you. Hate. 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 Fuck Michelle. <laughs> Joey's in the bathtub. <laughs> Joey in the bathtub. Um, so, uh, as a silver lining to all this, Brad, uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, that yeah, you, that's your you're prize. doing. You get to plug to our listeners things so they can come see you. That's your reward. Okay. This Saturday is Dear Diarrhea, which is an improv show mm-hmm. where people read diary entries and people perform scenes based on the, the diary re- readings. That is January 14th at 10.30 p.m. At I.O. Chicago. At I.O. Chicago. And then the fourth Wednesday of every month is Fictitious at I.O. Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's also 10.30 and it is where uh, improvisers perform uh, scenes based on uh, short stories that people wrote, like like short flash fiction. And then I'm on the Herald team, Devil's Daughter. Um, Your dog blog? You seem... Oh! Oh, yeah, this is what you plugged last time. Yeah, my I dog blog. Please follow. <laughs> this is so much please, more excited. Please, please follow uh, Brad's goddamn dog blog <laughs> dot tumblr dot com. It's Brad's God damn dog blog <laughs> dot tumblr dot com. 
Well, of course, there are a variety of ways you can listen to this show. If you're listening through iTunes, please give us a uh, five-star review in the mm-hmm. iTunes store. You can stream through Stitcher or Lipson. That's howrudepodcast.libsyn.com. You can find us on Facebook. And I'm going to put up a lot of supplementals because I've uh, not been because of the holiday season. I haven't been putting up a lot of Tumblr supplementals. Mm-hmm. But that's hrpodcast.tumblr.com. Brad, you found a good uh, bit of supplemental material. It's Little Richard singing the meatball song, I believe it's known as. It's about a meatball that falls off a table and rolls away, and then it grows a tree that grows meatballs, and then the kids eat the meatballs. That's that it is. That yes, that it is. That it is. <laughs> that it is. That it is. And you can also, of course, follow us on Twitter. Brandon, your Twitter handle is at b w shock. Mine is j o n p e r n i s e k. It's Brad underscore Pike. Brad, this is the part of the show, of course, where we each say our names as individuals, and then I say the phrase, and we'll see you next time on, and then together we'll say the phrase, how rude, and Brandon will have to choose one thing mm-hmm. out of the entire season that we just saw mm-hmm. to sort of toss in as some sort of fun little bit. Mm-hmm. Brad, thank you again. I'm so sorry. Do you accept my apology? Um, I accept it. Brandon, say you're sorry to Brad. I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> Do you accept Brandon's apology? I, I accept it. Do you still think humanity should be destroyed in a scorched earth scenario? I got here at 8 a.m. It's 1 p.m. now. I spent all yesterday doing this. I spent most of today doing this. I, I, <laughs> I just, I just am so tired. Let the people know I'm what we so did. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I spent all... So much time watching Full House, and anyone listening to this podcast, they just won't understand what it means to consume that much of this show. (laughs) They just don't, they won't get it. They won't get it. Maybe you've seen an episode, like one episode, and you have like a nostalgic attachment to it, but to watch them all back to back to back, to see it all at once put together. It's agony. It's so much pain. I can't do a bit after that. That's the most... Well, you'll have to. (laughs) That's something nice and short and sweet. Brandon? I'm Brandon Shockey. I'm John Pernasek. I'm Brad Pike. And we'll see you next time on... Bring it on, Season (laughs) 8.